The Conspiracy Podcast contains adult themes, language, and violence. Basically, all the good stuff. Thanks for listening. This week on Conspiracy, since it's the 25th anniversary of Nicole Brown Simpson's murder, we're going to cover a strikingly similar case with a sadly similar outcome almost 20 years prior. Stick around, because this tea is going to be hot. Like anybody, I would like to live. I do that. I just want to do God's will. Just to go. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Podcast. We're so happy you decided to join us for another week of conspiracy, murder, true crime, paranormal, all the good stuff. Um, I am one of your hosts, Renee. I'm Liz. And I'm Katie. And since it's the 25th anniversary of the Nicole Brown Simpson murder, we decided to cover a case that has a lot of similarities to what happened in regards to the O.J. Simpson trial in 1994. I was like, build. With rage the entire time I was researching for this. Have we unveiled his name yet? We haven't unveiled his name yet. Okay, so, yeah, I hate him. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been more mad at anybody in my entire life. Like, I knew about this story, but I didn't really know about this story. Yeah, like, what has it been like researching this story all this week? Rough. It was interesting, (laughs) yeah. I kept calling my mom, and I was like, Mom, she's a lawyer, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, Mom, what? What happened? How did you, like, what is going on? Like, how did this, how is this even a thing? And she was like, yeah, this happens literally all the time. Yeah. Just people with a little bit less money, so it's not as enraging. So. So, yeah, if you have enough money, you can basically, like, buy your way out of prison. It's really frustrating. That's so crazy. And you know that um, he's bankrupt now. Yeah. So, there was an yeah. estate sale at his house recently, <clears throat> and me and my friend Kendall almost went to it. But we couldn't get off work, but we were like planning. We like found an Airbnb. We were gonna go buy some. Oh of his, we were gonna go buy some of the stuff. It was like a whole thing, and that was before I was enraged with Fury about huh. it. So I'm really glad I didn't go because I probably would have liked. Well, before we reveal his name, let's uh, let's talk about what we're sipping on today. Oh yes. So so this week on Conspiracy. We are sipping on some pure white jasmine tea. Tastes like fairy farts, a.k.a. some rich white privilege tea. Yeah, we are really sipping on some white privilege this week, (laughs) y'all. Cheers! Cheers! 
Uh, we'd like to thank you guys for all the positive feedback we've received so far on our first episode. It has been really great to hear people's opinions about the podcast, and this is definitely a labor of love for all three of us, so it's good to hear that people appreciate what you're doing. I know. I was really shocked that people that weren't my mom wanted to, like, <laughs> like our social medias and follow it. Yes. I was really excited. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Remember how excited we were when we had, like, five listeners within, like, an hour? I know. It was like 30 minutes. It was like 30 minutes, yeah. Five people around our audio listening. I'm glad that you all stuck through it. We are still working out our audio kinks. We are in a much better studio as of now, and it's only going to get better. Yes. So, I can't wait. So excited. I watched the new season of Black Mirror. Oh, I hated it. I loved the first episode. The first one, Striking Vipers? Yeah. Yes, I love that one. I was really, I, I loved it so much. I don't even care that the second one had the worst cop-out ending of any TV show I've ever heard. Yes. Yes. The whole episode. Black Mirror. I've been watching The Office for like 500 times. It's fine. I mean, we also, we watched The Office over and over, but. Almost finished. I'm delaying it because it makes me cry. Time I watched the last two episodes. Same. The last episode gets me every single time. So I'm like, prolonging it. Oh, see, I just rewatched Midsummer Murders. Oh, I love Midsummer Murders. So cringe. My perfect <laughs> afternoon is literally like cuddling with my cats, drinking tea, and watching, like alternating between Midsummer Murders mm-hmm. and Great British Baking Show. Oh my gosh, Baking Show, dude! One night I was um I was crocheting and watching Midsummer Murders. It was like a Saturday night, and Cat came upstairs from playing video games, and I was like, "Hey, honey." I'm living my 60-year-old woman best life. Because, yeah, like, I was like, God, I'm I'm somebody's grandmother. I mean, literally knitting. Yeah. You guys can't see it, but she was just, like, making biscuits was, in the yeah. air. <laughs> in the air. She did not look like she was crocheting. I was really confused. Like, you're reeling in a fish. You're kneading bread dough. Like, I do like fish. We're whipping up charades. something. I don't know. I am terrible at charades. We know. I was so confused. <laughs> you know. like, from me parents. <laughs> Katie, I feel like you would really like Black Mirror because you like Handmaid's Tale. I've watched like two episodes. Did it scare you? It breaks me the fuck okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened There's... to me before. There's two episodes that I can't watch. One from the first season, one from the second season. That literally when I saw them for the first time, I was with my ex at the time and I was like, I have, we have to get out of the house. I'm not going to stay in this house. I don't want to look at a TV. I don't want to look Stop. at a cell phone. See? No. Like, I'm going to, no. And don't, no. We're going to the park. I don't want to see a plug. We're not listening to music on the way there. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, there's two episodes that just, like, ruin technology for me. Is it the one where, like, you record everything you see? Yes. That one is fucked up. And then the one called um, 15 Million Merits, where they're all living in that big cubicle, and they have to power energy, Mm -hmm. and they, like, get money by, like, basically working for the man. It's so crazy. Those, like, really upset me. And they, like, force you to watch porn, like, so many times mm-hmm. a day. Okay, so, should we get down to our story? Um, I think so. Let's, okay. talk, let's we, talk about a Texas asshole. We are going to let the people know we are talking about Colin Davis, the Texas oil tycoon heir. I think we're going to let Katie talk about it because she was filled with rage while researching I it, was. so we'll let you start. Is very intriguing and fun for me. So, um, but yeah, as Liz said, Colin Davis, um, 
He was uh, an American oil heir from Fort Worth, Texas. He was acquitted for murder in a trial, and then two years later, he was acquitted once again on allegations that he attempted to hire a hitman to kill his, I think it was at that time. It was the judge for the wife. divorce well, court. Right, and his wife. Yeah. Uh, and uh, up to 1,500. Yeah, yes. 50. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. He, uh, and I actually did, never mind, we'll get into that later. But the fact, <laughs> your first sentence, I'm already mad. Like, I already am, like. Sipping yeah, I mean, the whole time I'm Acquitted. reading about him, yes, and, like, the whole time you're reading about this guy, it's just him, where he came from, how much money he had. I mean, he was a multimillionaire when he went to his first trial. Like, exactly. he was one of the, he was the wealthiest man at the time to go to trial for murder. Like, like $100 million. I Which, mean, I was watching a documentary when I was researching it, because mm-hmm. I, like, read a bunch of articles and interviews, and then I decided to watch this, like, A&E America Investigates show or something yeah. on it. And what he was worth when he entered his marriage to Priscilla is worth $550 million now. Yeah, he had so, he was, he was just like filthy rich. I mean, and he came, mm-hmm. because he came for money, um, he was born in Fort Worth, Texas on September 22nd, 1933. He was the middle of three sons whose, his father was Kenneth W. Stinky. Davis. My name's Stinky. Yes. The nickname's fucking Stinky. Yes. The nicknames throughout this case are hilarious. We're not going to say it yet, but the lawyer's nickname, I laughed out loud. Such a high profile, like, you know, well-to-do case, and the nickname, Stinky. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, because his father um, was the founder of Ken Davis Industries International Incorporated, um, which manufactured goods in the petroleum industry. So, he had a... Shit ton of money, mm-hmm. which he, um, you know, and it was like a billion dollar company. Yeah, split between him and his two brothers until they cut right the other brother. That's out. yeah, which is his, insane. His brothers, yes. you know, they they all grew up very wealthy. Um, yes, and was it like his youngest brother that was like, hey, you guys are spending way too much money. You should probably like bring yeah. it in. And they were like, and then they're like, bye. Maybe you should just leave. And apparently, yeah. they still don't talk like to this day. I wouldn't talk to him either. I'd be scared for my life. Well, yes, and you'll find out why. <laughs> But yeah, he, uh, Colin apparently had a reputation for having a little bit of a bad temper, and he was a slight creep towards women. Oh my gosh, um, the biggest creep. Yeah. So uh, he, he really did not care for women other than the way that they looked and portrayed themselves and carried themselves. Kind of plays into part of. And that's what people were saying about him. Into. Exactly, which is exactly how he ended up where he ended up. Someone gave an interview and they were like, oh yeah, well, you know, Colin, he didn't like to lose, but he loved playing the game. Dude, um, I think Priscilla, who we're going to talk about later, don't worry, um, she was telling a story about how she bought him, like, an engraved, like, pearl handled pool cue for his yeah. birthday one year, yeah. and he lost a pool tournament and smashed it on the ground outside yeah. in anger. During a party. Yeah. Where, During like, all party. their friends are. Yes. And you know this is, like, a great Gatsby situation or, like, a Wolf mm-hmm. of Wall Street, more accurate, Wolf of Wall Street situation. Wow, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, <laughs> angry millionaires. Um, it's like, you're yeah. at a party, everyone's rich, everyone's staring at you, everyone's probably high exactly. and, like, eating caviar, mm-hmm. and then you're going to lose a pool match. And just and flip the fuck out. 
fuck else? And apparently it was, like, really, really expensive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Priscilla was Which, it's okay. Money. It was his money anyways. So. Yeah. I don't think it really mattered. Well, I feel like we're directly segueing into him being <laughs> an abusive... Let's, let's, let's hold on and talk real quick about Priscilla, because it's funny how they're kind of, like, night and day, the way that they were both, like... It seems like that. Right. Like, yeah. Priscilla was seen as, like, someone from the wrong side of the tracks. So she did not have the same upbringing as Colin did. I mean, mm-hmm. um, at the age of 15, she was raped. She got married at the age of 16, um, and had her first, her oldest daughter, which name, her name is Dee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the age of 20, she was already forced around to her second husband, who is Jack Wilburn. <laughs> it's, it's Texas. Wilbur. I think you can go either Wilbur. way. As long as you say it with your hands in your pockets, you're right. Step, step in your boot a little bit. gallon cowboy. Yeah, if you're doing the boot scooting boogie, you're doing it right. I love I don't know, 90s a, and early 2000s country playlists. I've been on a Johnny Cash and like Ooh, yeah. Bob Dylan kick right now. I've been on Preferably a, them together. Mm-hmm. I've been on a, a Hank Williams and Kathy Klein one. I love listening to it at work. I'm listening to Shania Twain, which is what I do all the time. I've been the same since I was in the third grade. Love it. I'm obsessed with Shania Twain. I remember remember when she first came out, my friends and I would do, like, little dances to any man of mine. Oh, I still have a dance to that. I'm 25, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. I was doing it. I wish she does it when she gets ready in the morning. I have, for sure. I'm sure you sing it to your boyfriend all the time. You're like, just in case you forgot me. I've got a dance. Actually, I did burn the toast the other day because I was researching for this case. I burned... This is so funny how it all ties together. I burned toast the other morning while I was making breakfast, and that's a line in that Shania Twain song where she's like, um, even if I burn dinner, like, you better say, mmm, I like it like that. <laughs> and so I, like, burned the toast for breakfast because I was researching, and I, like, took it in the bedroom, and I was like, well... I hope you like burnt toast. If you don't, you better today. Because <laughs> any man of mine, <laughs> and he didn't know what I was talking about because he doesn't listen to country music, but I knew what I was talking about, and Shania would have been proud of me. Yes. So, but also what I wanted to say about that is how even though she was from the wrong side of the tracks, he like saw her at a tennis club, and she was like on a date with no, someone. No, she was she was with her she husband. Was still married, right? Her, they, on were, a date they were with doing her, yeah. like couples tennis, and, and then they were he playing was like, against "Oh, each other. yeah." And I guess his quote was, "Someone said, oh, well, they saw that blonde bombshell hair, long curly hair. She was mm-hmm. tan. She had a nice body. Yeah. She looked good in the tennis outfit." And he was like, "Oh, that's fine. Exactly." And, and so they just kind of started a relationship from there, and. I mean, yeah, because both their marriages were they like started on the way see- out. Yeah, they yeah. started seeing each other before they even like separated from their spouses. But then, well, and it's interesting because they got married the day after Cullen's dad died. Mm-hmm. That was the day of. No. Oh, see, I heard both too. I heard one yeah. that just said the day after. I found that they got married like hours oh. after the, his dad died. I heard hours on Wikipedia, but no oh, offense, right, no. that was Wikipedia. Yeah, and then I heard the next day. A yeah, there's actually cases? a lot of things that, in this case, are kind of like, like, the jury deliberation for the first trial, mm-hmm. I saw two different times. One was, like, 15 hours. And one was five. The other was five, and I was like, okay. That's a big So, difference. yeah. I don't... The newspaper said know. five. Oh, okay. So, oh. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to all of yeah. that, so... I mean, I think the main thing is they got married, like, super quick afterwards, but apparently they had already been planning it. And yeah, he but asked her, but he I mean, asked her to marry him like one day when he called her on the phone. Yeah, when they were still and they were friends. right, and she was just kind of like, um, okay. no. 
Like, it's really weird. Yeah, all I'm saying, though, is that if my mom died and I was supposed to get married the next day, I think it's a no-brainer that I would be postponing the heck out of that wedding. Yeah, it's very, oh, very yeah. bizarre that they got married so quick after his father died. And they just didn't stop. No. Yeah. So, like, it makes you wonder, did they plan it to be after he was assigned all of his inheritance? Damn. Or did they just so happen to get married right after he inherited even more money? Because they sure like spending money. I think not. No one, no one said anything about that, but that's my own little uh, theory. No, yeah, because I tried to look up a reason why they got married so quickly, and there's really yeah. nothing there. I mean, that, money, would, make, that would make the most sense. Because he was a little spoiled child and wanted his daddy's money and he wanted to give his, you know, woman anything that she wanted, so mm-hmm. why not? I mean, unless she did something that he did not want her to do. Yeah, I feel like they just were never really that fond of each other. I think it was more of like no. a convenience marriage. Like, she looked good and he had money, yeah. so it was like, sure, why not? Because immediately after, exactly, my hero, <laughs> as soon as um I read that story about the pool stick thing, I read another story, um which happened, like, I guess a couple weeks after that. They were at some party at a hotel ballroom, like mm-hmm. a nice, like, really classy, like, black tie event, and he was dancing with another lady, oh, like, really, really yes. close, and someone said he groped her, or they were, like, yes, really, like, it. closely dancing, basically, mm-hmm. like, slow dancing. Right, and Priscilla with, got like, mad. Yeah, she got really mad, and uh, she called him out on his bullshit. Next thing you know, he's, like, following her to hotel, her, the hotel room, and he beat her unconscious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he has a long record of being abusive. He was incredibly abusive to his first wife. His first wife accused him of beating her so badly that she had bruises covering her face. Wow. Like, on a regular basis. And this was in whatever transcripts from the divorce proceedings. Mm -hmm. And then he once, uh, this is Colin, he once beat uh, Priscilla's daughter, Dee, so badly that there was blood in her urine. And that's not even his child. That's not even his child. None of her kids are his. Yeah, they thankfully did not have kids together. But, like... This is, it's just a result from his terrible temper. That, like, he doesn't like being told what to do. He doesn't like not being in control. He doesn't like losing. And he reacts in an aggressively physical way. That's the person he is, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but it sounds like he really just doesn't like women telling him what to do. Yes. Because it's like you never heard stories about him beating his brothers up. Mm -hmm. Or, like, trying to hurt his dad, which, I mean, obviously he needs that money, so he wouldn't. But, like, his brothers are, like any friends that he got into altercations with. It's just wild. Well, I mean, like like I said, he he basically treated, like, I, I found a quote that said he would walk behind her, talking about Priscilla, mm-hmm. just to watch other men, like, basically watching her yes. and notice her, but he knew that none of them could keep up with her, like, keep up with the upkeep of, like, being with her, basically comparing her to a car. Yeah. So he, he really did not think anything of her. Other than, you just look really good. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty thing to have on his arm. But how pretty is she when she's on crutches because you beat her to a pulp? Oh, yeah, there was, yes. And then he beat her, he with, beat the her with the crutches. Yes, yeah. With the crutches. Yeah. This is, yeah. So, obviously, he was not a great guy, very abusive, um, very temperamental. So, it was really easy to see why she decided she wanted to separate from him. And that's where the tea gets hot. 
So Priscilla decided in 1974 that she wanted to separate from Colin Davis. Um, so they went through a lengthy divorce process, which escalated on August 2nd, 1976. That day, the judge who was residing over their divorce proceedings, Joe Edison, awarded Priscilla, um, basically, to, she was allowed to stay at the Stonegate Mansion, which was what Colin, um, basically built this giant dream house for Priscilla back in 1972. Six million dollar mansion. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. In the 70s. Six yeah. million dollars in the 70s. Yeah. It was insane, like, the amount of stuff that, like, this, this house had. And it had, like, a ton of oil paintings, which... It, it was uh, crazy. There were game rooms, rec rooms, multiple garages, multiple yeah. swimming pools. And, like, and, like, a state-of-the-art security system. Right. That we will get to. Which comes to kind of bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Colin was pretty much not welcome to stay at the mansion. Priscilla was... The only person who was allowed to stay there, but she was, um, at that point dating a man named Stan Farr. They were both dating other people. Yes, yes. They were both seeing other people, but Stan Farr was able to live at the mansion with Priscilla. And their daughter, Andrea. Yeah, and her daughter. Um. Oh, um, it wasn't just that. It was also, the judge ordered Colin to pay her legal fees. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were getting to it. And, um. Her household expenses, like the right. expenses of upkeeping the mansion. Right. And that, like not even counting the monthly amount. And the alimony. In today's money, it would be like 200000 Yeah. The alimony that he was set to pay her was um, $5,000 a month. And then on top of that, I found some funny things that she just, I guess, was like running with, where he apparently promised Dee a new car, and he was, even after the divorce, had had to get her a new car, mm-hmm. and that. then she also wanted him to pay a $3,645 Neiman Marcus tab, and then a $10.29 bill from Ray Polk Grocery. <laughs> she was like, hold up, Where hold up. <laughs> this is not, not only do I want almost $50,000, this, but. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if a millionaire beat me up, he would have nothing left. Oh, absolutely. So. You go, Priscilla. You exactly. go, Priscilla. Which it's so funny, he couldn't wait to commit this crime because their divorce wasn't even final. Right. Allegedly couldn't wait to commit this crime. I mean. <laughs> sure. We can call yeah. it what you want, but this white man did it. I mean, I, I mean, I really kind of wish, though, that I could, there was a picture of him and his, or the intruder in the getup of, like, yes, what they were wearing. I would have I'm just, anything. like, I'm envisioning, like, Norman Bates, like, psycho. Pretty much. Because <laughs> when you Google Colin Davis, he looks like... A sociopath. He looks like a wrinkly grape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant, like, in the 70s. But yeah, he does look like a wrinkly grape. Like, Hugh Hefner and a grape had a baby. Aw, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Is no, that sad? No, rest in pieces. I don't know what you meant. Oh, that was so emo. <laughs> <laughs> I must be emo. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get into the reason why we chose this topic. So, on August 2nd, 1976, um, let's not forget, we're going to recap, this was the same day that Colin found out he had to pay Priscilla $5,000 a month alone in alimony, plus all of the upkeep at the mansion, plus the actual mansion. And the legal fees. And the legal fees. So, basically... He was pissed the fuck off. <laughs> this millionaire finds out that he is going to have to give a lot of his money to a woman who is, consequently, seeing another man living with him in their house. And 
Also, this is kind of a side note, but a lot of people say that Colin Davis had a case of the little man syndrome because he wasn't that tall. I don't yeah. know exactly how tall he was. People say that he was very insecure about yes. himself. And, um, <laughs> I'm just guy. Stan Farr. Huge. He was, Huge. Yeah, he was, a uh, Six foot ten. But he was a basketball yeah. player. He was an ex-basketball player. He was six foot ten. I mean, I would go so, for him too. So, hell yeah, he could just, like, carry her around. Mm. So I'm sure it was, like... <laughs> um, I'm really glad that y'all can't see what Katie's doing with her hands. <laughs> Let's just say we stand a stand, okay? We're here you for guys, stand part. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, I mean... Priscilla. Fine. You can have Priscilla. She was pretty hot. And I'm Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, yeah. And she, and she, and she had a a breast implant surgery because her lovely husband was like, your titties aren't big enough. Yes. Gotta love a man (laughs) telling you about your body. (laughs) But some people say it was like doubly insulting that like he had to pay all this money to her. Plus, she was like seeing this guy who was like a foot or so taller than him. And they're living in the house that they originally was like their wedding house. Like they moved into it. So yeah, basically one angry, rich, millionaire douchebag. August 2nd, 1976. So Priscilla and Stan come home from a date. They said they went to dinner. They said they had some drinks and they had left 12 year old Andrea at home, Priscilla's daughter. So, Stan and Priscilla come home from their date. They suspected an intruder. Let's talk about that state-of-the-art security system that the $6 million mansion had. So, apparently, you could tell what lights were on in what rooms. Oh, God. What doors were open, Mm -hmm. what doors were, like, motion-locked, and what doors were regular-locked. Now, I don't know how you do that in the 70s, Mm -hmm. but I guess when you're a millionaire... That's, like, close to being living with the Jetsons. It's like a panic room. The whole $6 million (laughs) house is a panic room. And let's see. Who could actually know that? Right. Let's... Mm -hmm. I wonder what kind of an intruder could figure out how to master a Mm. state-of-the-art security system in the 70s. Without triggering it. Exactly. So, Andrea is home, and they know that when they left for the date, they set the alarm, they gave her the instructions, and she was always good about setting the alarm. Since, one night, a long time ago before this happened, Andrea forgot to set the alarm before she went to bed after watching TV. Did you guys read about this? And Colin went into Andrea's room in the middle of the night. This is like two years prior. He went into her room in the middle of the night, woke her up, and beat her so bad, and then picked her cat up and threw it against the wall and killed it. Oh I did know God. about I did know about him killing because the cat, she forgot to set the alarm. So I think we can all agree that Andrea probably never forgot to set the alarm again. That poor child. That's kind of a shitty way to live. I mean, say. not saying it's right. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. I'm sure she set that evil alarm. Asshole. And she's twelve, so it's like obviously, mom and Stan are going out. I'm going to bed. Well, it's I'm also gonna this, you know, the, the late 70s, like, there are still people in that town, like, not locking their doors even without mm-hmm. an alarm system, because that's kind of how it was before, you know, the Manson murders, like, people were... Yeah, it was pretty much just like, okay, well, when the streetlights go out, go inside and go to sleep, and I'll see you when I see you. Mm-hmm. Like, the fridge is open. There you go. <laughs> so they get home from their date, and they see that the house is not secure, and that the back door is ajar. So, they go in the house, Stan goes to one side of the house, she stays on that side, and they Mm -hmm. look around, 
And when she gets to, like, the laundry room leading to basement area, she sees a bloody handprint on the wall. Now, keep in mind, Stan, poor Stan, is on the other side of the house trying to figure out what's going on. Probably checking on Andrea. So, all of a sudden, so, um, Cohen, not Colin, the quote-unquote intruder, um, comes out in a little black outfit, like a traditional, like, I'm here to rob you outfit, except he has a women's, a, a black wig, a women's black wig on, Norman and it was curly, apparently, like a big, loose curl wig, like, it oh was, God. like, a Beyonce wig, is what I'm imagining, but it was shoulder length, so, like, Beyonce and Dreamgirls. And apparently, he just, like, he, he, the, the intruder, whoever it could have been, just walked up to Priscilla, said, hi, and then shot her right in the chest. Hi. Hi. Not like, put your hands up, I want your mm-hmm. money, stay where you are, I'm an intruder. Who, hi. Yeah, what kind of, what kind of person just says, hi? hi. <laughs> but we're in Texas, so it was probably like, ha. Ha. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> That was my Texas gun. Texas. <laughs> so yeah, shoots her in the chest. She immediately, immediately falls to the floor. Stan goes to hide. She literally yells out, Colin shot me. It's Colin. Mm-hmm. Those were her exact words. So yeah. I mean. Because even if you, even if you're wearing your disguise of the black wig, black wig. She like curly wig. Even exactly. if you look like Beyonce from behind. Yeah. Did he forget, like, he's right. gotta hide his moneymaker somehow? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like Colin in the front, Beyonce in the back. <laughs> but we're still... I, I really wonder if he was like, hi. <laughs> I wish hi. you guys could have seen that. Katie just did a full 180 in her chair and pretended like she was Elmer Fudd holding a gun. <laughs> it was worth it. Like, oh. all she sees is the back of the wig and Ha! I'm Paul. Ha! I'm Paul! <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, gosh. So poor Stan, when, not Cullen, runs into him, um, it's, they start fighting, right? Like, yeah, Stan it's like an altercation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He goes he, behind a door, locks mm-hmm. himself in a room, so Cullen, well, <clears throat> quote Cullen, can't get in, and then he gets shot through the door. Yeah. So, Cullen, not Cullen, can hear Stan yell out like he's been yeah. shot, obviously. Yeah, so he knows he's weak at this point. And he proceeds to actually shoot him three more times. Yeah, so he, him. he opens the door. Yeah. I guess Stan is still putting up a fight because mm-hmm. he is more of a man than Cullen will ever be. That's right, Cullen, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm sure Cullen Davis. Do you think he just sits at home and, like, Googles his name? Maybe we will come up. Apparently not, because I did read an interview. When we get to the end, I did read an interesting article of somebody who went to interview him, like, a few years ago. Well, there was I'm an hoping article that, that he was posted just two name. days ago about him. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, so I read it this morning. Timely. <laughs> Timely. I think it's because it's the OJ, uh, oh, I think sorry, the Cole Brown Simpson anniversary, mm-hmm. and it was very, and it's There's a so case that, you know, it's not yeah. well known. Pretty crazy. So, he comes out of the door, um, they get into an altercation, Santa's trying to fight him off, um, but the attacker steps back and shoots Stan again, and then two more times after that. So, Stan has been shot a total of six times by this point. Craziness. Oh, and did you read he dies in front of Priscilla? He, like, crawls, and he says, I love you. And she watched him die, because when he crawls in front of Priscilla, then he, the, the intruder, shoots him a few more times. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And that Priscilla has to watch that. And he said, I love you. He said, I love you. We love you, Stan. If you're if you're hearing this from the other other world. The other side. The other Stan. side. We love you, Stan. But, Come and, to the light, Carol Ann. <laughs> but Carol <then>, Stan. After <laughs> After she watched We're gonna let Renee talk, we promise. God. Maybe. After she watched Stan dies, and this is like Priscilla's I think Priscilla's side of it. She said that she was like Colin, I still love you. We can work this out. Please yeah. stop. Like, she was still, like, trying to... She, one, referred to him as Colin because she recognized him, and two, was, like, desperately trying to, like, save her life at this point. And that's terrifying. And I don't remember how, but she was somehow able to, like, escape out the front door. Well, they were saying she was shot in the chest, but, like, not in the heart. Right. I think it was it the right other through. side of the chest, or it was, like, yeah, yeah through and through. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming she had oh, yeah. enough. They, they didn't see that, but I pointed right between my booties, because that's where she was shot. <laughs> I'm assuming she had enough adrenaline and, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. so. She was, she kind of just picked herself up and, like, got out of the house. Oh, and yeah. unfortunately, we skipped over the part where Stan did uh, discover that Andrea had been shot execution oh. style. Did yes. Stan discover? I thought the police discovered her. Oh, no, yeah, it was Stan. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the police saw her body yeah. in the house, but okay. Stan, that's where he went when they went into the house. Yeah, he found her in the basement. And then he was on his way back. Oh. And then the intruder... Attacked him. Yes. So, so, unfortunately, we skimmed over that, but we did also lose Andrea to the quote-unquote, not Colin, intruder. intruder. Hmm. So, when Priscilla is escaping, like, she's running out of the house just as two family friends are coming up to the house. And that is Beverly Bass. And I, I read his name as both Gus and Bubba. His name is Gus Bubba Gabriel. Gus Bubba Gabriel. These nicknames, good old Stinky and Bubba. <laughs> they are so great. <laughs> Beverly Bass and Gus Bubba Gabriel Jr. They drove up to the mansion just as Priscilla was, like, running out the door. And apparently, Beverly, when she saw the intruder, even said, Cullen, it's me. Bev, please stop. Like, don't shoot me. And Beverly was able to escape without harm and, like, flag down a car. Um, but Bubba was unfortunately shot and paralyzed for life. So crazy. That's three separate people right. from three separate sides of the house, inside and out. ID Cullen. Exactly. Yes. Keep that in mind. Three separate right. people that were not together at the time that the house was entered. And they all spoke to the police separately before they all had a chance to talk with each other and, like, formulate some sort of plan or anything. Separately, they were questioned by the police, and all of them said Cullen was the person who attacked them. So finally, the police come. They search the house. They ID Andrea, because Priscilla hadn't seen her yet. Mm. Um, they yeah. take Stan. They check her out. She obviously needs to go to the hospital. She's been shot in the chest. And on site, she told the paramedics, it is my husband, Colin Davis. Did Did you guys read um, what Colin said when his brother called him that no. night? Yeah, so his brother, um, Ken, called him and... He was, like, in bed next to his girlfriend, and he was like, um, did you hear what happened? And he was like, no. And his brother was like, there was a shooting at the at the Stonegate Mansion. And I don't remember what he said there, but his brother, Ken, said, what are you going to do about it? And he said, well, I guess I'm just going to go back to sleep. Yeah, I saw that. I read that. 
He had no care, no concern. He didn't care because no. he did it. He's just like, I was just there. He was, he was <laughs> I like, know. did she die? No, well, I guess I'm just going to go back to sleep then. So Which, crazy. Yeah, he, the police went to his girlfriend Karen Masters' house to arrest him, but they allowed him to get dressed first. And he didn't even have to wear handcuffs in the cop car. Mm-hmm. Well, did you say he was drunk? I mean, see, but no, there's, that's the confusing thing. Like, they say he was arrested that night, but then I've read some things that say he was arrested the next morning. Well, I'm sure it's the same thing. I think it's like, right, it's, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Because I know they didn't get home until 1 a.m. And then that's you have to right, do the struggle, right, and yeah. you have to wait mm-hmm. for the friends, and you're going to call the cops, and then it's like you have to get everyone's story, take away the bodies. So by the time they get to him, it's probably like 4 or 5 a.m. It's just, it's, what money can get you is, get your ass dressed, make yourself look great coming to jail, because, uh, cause do you want us to, we're charging you with murder. The way? Yeah, it's so crazy. No handcuffs. Mm-mm. They're like, yeah, just take your time. It's fine. There's a picture of him in the back of the cop car, basically just, like, resting his hand, or his head on his hand, like, looking out the window. Okay. Well, that's chill. pretty much that picture, I'm sure, is just a testament for everything we are about to say. So, it gets worse. As soon as he gets arrested, they take him to county jail. And let's not forget just how much money this man has. Katie, how much money was it again? I think it was $100 oh, million. Dollars, he was... Which I think yeah. is like $250 million in today's money. <laughs> um, I want to say it was $100 million is how much he was worth when he was arrested. God damn! Okay, so let's just talk about the fact that you're worth... A hundred million dollars, and your father's passed away, so you now run the company that is a billion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. He gets arrested, county jail, bond. his bond. Oh I'm so god. mad, I'm barely even, like, speaking right now. Oh my god, I remember this. People set marijuana dealers' bonds higher than this. Yep. Colin Davis's $80,000. He probably had that in his pocket. Right, yeah. He probably yeah. had drank that much <laughs> that night. Oh yeah, he paid it immediately. Well, he paid it apparently in like next day. in like four cashier checks or something yes. like that. And then he's he like, "Here you go. All right, bye. <laughs> see you later. Thanks for the ride." And back. they're like, "Okay, well, I'll see you on the course next week, adventure. Colin." Like, it just really goes to show <laughs> that was a cool adventure, guys. So crazy. So let's talk about what. Colin's alibi for everything was because we've already said what happened, so let's just lay out his version of the events. What he said he was doing the night of the crime. Right, so he pays his $80,000. He leaves. Goes golfing. Goes golfing. Okay, so he plays his 18 holes and he leaves the golf course and goes a crazy direction, apparently. So the cops that were following him were like, okay, well, let's just see where this guy goes. He's obviously a millionaire. He was drunk when he was booked. Mm -hmm. So let's just see, like, what's going to happen. So they follow him to his private plane hangar. The police stop him before he gets on the plane. He claims he's going on a business trip to Houston. He has no bags. He's not wearing a suit. He's not wearing anything that makes it sound like it's for business at all. Doesn't have one single bag. Then he said, oh, well, it's just for the day. And they're like, well, why are you wearing that outfit? Mm-hmm. And he obviously gets mad. So they go to the pilot. They ask the pilot how much gas is in it. And it was a, he had just gassed up for 250,000 miles. Oh, my God. 
Yep, just a quick Christ. little flight from Houston. You're just going to do circles yeah. around Houston. Exactly. I just love the air in Houston. I just want to be just, in it. Just want to do donuts. And, I mean, you have to have your flight plan. When you have a private plane, you have to send your flight plan to, like, the, I don't know, what you, whatever you call it. like the, Yeah, you have to send it where you're going. Mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently... They were going to South America. Now, why would you be trying to leave the country just one day? Why not, Katie? After ex-wife's daughter is murdered. I was already planning on it. She just happened to get murdered. You know what? I'm so sorry everybody died, but I've just been dying. To go to Colombia. I need some more coke. (laughs) (laughs) Like, as if everything that's already happened isn't sketchy enough. Like, you didn't, yeah. like, you didn't break into your state-of-the-art security system. Mm-hmm. They didn't see your face in a Beyonce wig. And then you had no real alibi. Can we just talk about the alibi? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the alibi real quick. So where were you on the night of your wife's boyfriend's child's and friend's murder and her attempted murder? Well, mister, I was busy watching a movie. Oh, Back really there- now? Not there are bad news bears. Oh, that's a good I one. I just love those spunky bears who deliver <laughs> bad news. They go to the movies. Like, oh, okay, that checks out. I freaking love that movie. So they go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Not one person that was working at the theater saw him. Okay, so this so is the 1970s. There's not like 20 people working there. There's and like, he, well, he's like, the one kid who has the after school job who's like there every day. Mm-hmm. He's also a local. Millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. He's and who goes well to the movies at 11 p.m.? The murder didn't even take place until at least, like, 11, 30, 12, 12, 30 is when they got home. Throat. Did you read about all that yes. stuff? They were kind of kinky. He was kind of, he, like, played deep throat, like, in his own personal car in a parking lot. Well, and then apparently they went to, like, I mean, some, it's a great movie. where did they go where, like, they had Do talked about, yeah, they talked about being part of, like, the donkey shows mm-hmm. of, like, being a couple in like, having sex with someone else, mm-hmm. and he was basically like, do you really want to go down that road? Like, basically being like, we can do it, but it's going to be well, and then they, dark then they and winding like, road. Then they told them no, and Priscilla was well, like, pers- I don't think I would have yeah. done it anyway. Crazy Pants. It was Crazy Pants. So he obviously was not seen at the movies, a local millionaire at yeah. the last showing of Bad News Bears on mm-hmm. a weekend Exactly was not seen. And then when they're like, okay, well, maybe they missed you. Do you have your movie ticket? Oh, well, no, I do not. <laughs> I must have left that in my then there other murder pants. <laughs> oh. No alibi. Tries to get on a private plane to go to South America. South America. Yeah. What a coincidence. Crazy. So he was put immediately back in jail, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately back in jail. County jail, too, with County no jail. with no bond. Yeah. So, yeah, you, I just had such a great goal score. I'm going to go tell Pablo Escobar about it in person. You know what? I think we have a score to settle. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> I, I do, do declare. declare. Everyone in Texas says that. I've settled. I've settled on that. I mean, that's like in Georgia. Oh, bless your heart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone in Texas is declaring and eating ribs. If anyone from Texas, if any listeners from Texas want to come in and dispute that, you're wrong. I mean, or we get any of you from Texas sending an audio clip of you saying, I do declare. <laughs> we'll post it I on promise you I'll post it every episode at the very end. Yes. Go eat some ribs, honey. If you don't have any, swing on by my house. I got them smoking right now. Everything's bigger in Texas, including <laughs> my hospitality heart. <laughs> 
<sighs> Speaking of things that are bigger in Texas, let's talk about Colin Davis's lawyer. Because oh, yes! What, what a character. So we have deliberately not mentioned his name <laughs> because it is so ridiculous you probably wouldn't believe us. But, Katie, what was his name? Well, Colin's lawyer was Mr. Richard Racehorse Haynes. Racehorse. You know, that's Dick the third, Haynes. That's is that the enough? third one. We have Stinky, Bubba, Bubba and Racehorse. Horse. You Texans and your nicknames. That's a lot to I unpack. Mean, I mean, Richard Haynes is already Southern as hell. Yes. And then you shorten that to Dick. Yes. And then you got Dick Haynes. Haynes. And then you got good old Racehorse Haynes. Like, how how do you get the nickname Racehorse? He probably owns several racehorses and bet on them and let them be abused as a track for more money. Oh, well, I damn. thought he just was like, he just I mean, finished. <laughs> I thought he just finished really quickly. See, you know, <gasps> well, that's my, that's goodness, my girl. Richard, you're just a racehorse. The heteros <laughs> are upsetters. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so... Yes, let's talk. Let's talk about the trial, and let's talk about Dickie Horse Haynes. Well, um, Mr. Racehorse was uh, very uh, early on, like wanting to take Priscilla down, and like her claims of basically claiming that it was Colin, 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 who who committed the crimes because he basically um, cross examined her like what two weeks into the trial mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, very early on, very early on, and pretty much after she was uh, cross-examined, the trial, the jurors kind of were just, you know, had already made up their mind because she did not make herself look as no. innocent she as really she was. Well, and out, his like, only angle was let's make her look slutty and poor. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they and they, you know, <clears throat> they use the fact that she kind of abused prescription painkillers. Um, Percodon? Is Is it Percodan? I know. I was reading that, and I was like, is it Percocet? Is it (laughs) Klonopin? Is it both? It's... Is it a Texas drug? (laughs) I don't don't know. know. Do they not make it anymore? Aside from her sleazy sex and um, sex parties almost. Yeah, orgies and drug dealings. Orgies, including with her daughters. Oh, my God. Why? Oh, no, there was one where they, they got one of... Uh, Dee's friends, who Dee was around like 15, 16 at the time, apparently they got one of her friends to testify that Priscilla involved her in one of her sex parties. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. And like with the whole drug thing, his angle was, oh, you were so hopped up on prescription medicines, there's no idea right. you would have had any idea. Well, and they also, tried to say it was a drug deal gone wrong. Yes. Well, they also, they also, um, apparently, Mr. Racehorse. I'm Mr. Racehorse. <laughs> Mr. Racehorse. Dicky Racehorse. That one sounds good, too. Um, <laughs> Mr. Dicky Racehorse um, did claim that Priscilla was an unreliable witness, and he even brought in a an expert on drug addiction who said that because she was an abuse, abusing painkillers, mm-hmm. that she could have frequently gotten facts confused, which could have, you know, basically made it... That's, that's where they lost the case, essentially, because... They were using Priscilla's drug abuse as the main thing that she just got us all wrong. Like, she was too basically fucked up to even mm-hmm. really be able to identify Colin as the, um, as the intruder. And, um, they were saying that she just basically made up the entire story so that she could take all of his money, all of what he was basically worth. And 
There was also no real physical evidence that they could use yeah. towards it. There was no murder weapon. There was no, you know, they couldn't find the mysterious Beyonce black wig. Um, no fingerprints, no tire tracks. And they tried to say that Beverly and Priscilla had gotten together right. and decided, like, oh, we're going to tell the police it's Cullen. Exactly. When, in reality, like we said before, both of them talked to the police before they even spoke to each other. Right. But, of course, you know, nobody in the jury didn't know that. All the jury knew is what they were told by the prosecutors and old Dicky Racehorse made sure to... Mr. Dicky Racehorse. <laughs> old Mr. Dicky Racehorse, you know, he made sure to reiterate multiple times that these are all unreliable witnesses. And I'm pretty sure he tried to tie Beverly and Gus Bubba in with, like, the drug crowd. Like, oh, these were yeah. young drug users as well. So he, he made it so every, witness, every eyewitness seemed unreliable and as if they were conspiring to pin this on Cullen. Mm-hmm. So... It's interesting, too, that because the jury took it that way after Priscilla was cross-examined, and, I mean, the trial lasted for 13 weeks, I think? Something like that. Yeah, and so in 1977, um, after less than five hours of deliberating, the jury acquitted him, which I found this really interesting quote from one of the female jurors where she said, rich men don't kill their wives, they hire someone else to do it. Did it say where she was, where she was when she said that? Because she um, was at, I don't know. She oh, was, she at, was at, at a after party. party. Yes. An after party celebrating his yes. acquittal and she was drinking mm-hmm. and she said that. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, um, it's just the same. I found something else that said it was rich people's justice, essentially, where, you know, against Priscilla? Like, or like rich people justice and that rich people don't get justice. Pretty, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, even if she says that, so it's like, okay, so you believe that this guy tried to get his wife killed, you just don't believe he's the one who and did maybe. it. maybe. So, he's acquitted the first time, but, you know, <coughs> does, does Cullen Davis learn from his mistakes? Does he decide to go the straight and narrow? Does he take this as an opportunity to become a better person? Oh my gosh, does he? Absolutely Fuck fucking no. not. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. Nine months later, he is back in... Court. Him and Priscilla are both back in court. They could have had a court baby. All That's I'm saying is they were back in court. <laughs> After all of this, they're still not divorced. Keep that in mind. Exactly. You murder your wife's entire friend and family base. Well, oh, I think it's just we're not still married. finalized. It's That's not finalized. Oh, yeah, okay. but they're still married. They're yeah. separated, but they're still married. So they were still having to go to their divorce court hearings. Yes. So nine months after he walks free from murdering Stanley, Andrea... And Bubba. Bubba. Oh, no. Bubba's still alive. He's just paralyzed. Yeah. Oh, Permanently yeah, paralyzed. He was disabled. What yeah. I mean. His legs were murdered. His legs. <laughs> R.I.P. Andrea, Stan, and Bubba's legs. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. You got your legs. legs. <laughs> oh, my God. Well. <laughs> Renee, cut that Life out. is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Renee, cut that out. You never know what you're going to get acquitted of. <laughs> Nope, Renee, leave that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all so, right. So, this time, he was, the FBI caught him on tape trying to hire a hitman to kill 15 people, including the judge presiding over his divorce with Priscilla, Priscilla herself, and Beverly Bass. So, doesn't learn his lesson, and, like... 
I don't know. I know you have a lot more notes on it, because I just have my talking points. Oh. Okay, so they had David McRory is the guy that the FBI sent in. McRory is such a Texas name. I love it. McRory. I wish that he had a nickname. Should we come up with a nickname for him? David Uh, Dookies McRory. Ooh, Dookies. Yep. What about Cooter? David Cooter McRory. Why are you you obsessed (laughs) with your vagina? Because it's my prized possession. (laughs) I mean. I got crystals and stones. (laughs) That's empowerment. (laughs) I keep a jade egg in there at all times. When Paltrow told oh, me to. Yes. When Paltrow did tell us to. I don't even tumble my stones before I shove them up there. <laughs> I let the natural acids do their work, honey. Are they punished? I don't know. I don't care. We want to find out. <laughs> my so. Vagina's going to polish them. Okay, so David Cooter McRory <laughs> was posing as a killer for hire. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had a couple reports, one saying that he was the killer for hire that the FBI struck a deal with, and they mm-hmm. were like, okay, if you get this guy on tape admitting that he will pay mm-hmm. to kill people, mm-hmm. we'll, like, you know, help you out with some of your charge. And then I found some reports that were like, he was just hired by the FBI, he could have been in the FBI, so I don't know, either way you slice right. it, he was sent there by the FBI. So, David McRory, Cooter, if you will. The killer for hire apparently was paid $25,000 to kill the judge that awarded Priscilla um, the stuff in the divorce hearing. So they have him on tape giving that list of 15 to 20 people he wants dead. Did you watch that tape? Like yes. Like a minute long or something? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's the people that Renee said, you know, the Priscilla mm-hmm. and Bev and then the judge. And then I'm guessing the rest of them are, like, business people from his dad's yeah. business. Or, like, various people that he's mad at. Well, did you see that he, they, like, staged the yes, judge? Yes, yes. They showed him a picture. They showed him a picture of the judge mm-hmm. in a trunk with blood all over his shirt. Ketchup. Shot to death is what mm-hmm. it, made, yeah. it made it look like. He was bound in the trunk. And he gives his clear approval. Hands right. over the money. Says, that's a job well done. Yeah. And then he's like, and you want us to kill Beverly next, right? And he, and he goes, was like, yes. yes. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, he got, from what I, I thought he was like, all right. Like. <laughs> yeah, Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get her done, Cooter. He's Cooter. Oh my gosh. So, obviously this is extremely incriminating because you are caught on tape, but. By the FBI. By the FBI. Not just someone's jerry-rigged, like, tape recording. Oh, I'm going to trap him. It was the yeah. federal Bureau of Investigation. But don't worry, money can get you anything you want. So obviously he's going to go to jail finally, right? He should. Right. But uh, thanks to Dickie Racehorse. Oh yeah, that's right. We weren't done with him yet and neither was Colin Davis. He, I heard, um, a story I read was all uh, old Dickie Horse Haynes was on his boat and he got a call from Colin Davis and it was like, I'm in trouble again. It was a Bonanza theme song. (laughs) Yes. yes. This yes. entire story needs to be played with the Bonanza theme well, did song you, in the background. Did you hear, though, that apparently uh, J.R.'s character on Dallas was, was based, based off, off, of, Colin Davis. off of Colin Davis? Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, it seems accurate. Hmm, I, I don't watch Dallas. Had, I wish somebody had, oh had shut. Oh my gosh, speaking of Dallas. I've never watched Dallas. Oh my I can't. gosh. We forgot to talk about my favorite part. My literal favorite part. So, during the first trial for the murder of Stan... <clears throat> Bubba's legs, and Andrea. Yes. He never had to go back to the holding cell in between recesses 
or in between hearings, they were letting him take naps in the conference room. Did you hear about oh, that? Yes, and yes. they never made him like get led somewhere by the bailiff. Like he didn't even have to do standard court proceedings. Mm-mm. There are pictures of him on trial in the courthouse in a conference room mm-hmm. eating ribs with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. If that's not white privilege, <laughs> I don't know I what don't, is. That's yeah. I mean, this, it's, it's almost like how um, Ted Bundy had his freedom, and what, I mean Ted Bundy didn't have money, but he still had you know. Yeah, they're like oh, a little yeah, bit of freedom to, phone, to use thing. the phone, to mm-hmm. use the library, to just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. and look what happened there. Precisely. So I, I mean, I hate to backtrack there, but I just couldn't. Oh, yes. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yes. So like most people on trial get like pushed into cop cars, handcuffed mm-hmm. really tight. Push through the courtroom. It's a whole spectacle. This man gets to eat ribs with cheerleaders. Yes. So, second time comes around, and um, it's apparently a job well done for David Cooter McCrory, and a job well done for Dickie Racehorse, because he got off again. And with the most ridiculous story I have ever heard in my entire life. Absolutely ridiculous. Basically, um, what good old Dickie Racehorse tried to um, say was that Priscilla is the one that orchestrated <laughs> um, basically this uh, let's frame Colin Davis thing, and Davis apparently said he was just going along with it to get McQuarrie Cooter to um, admit that Priscilla was the one who um, made it all up. Yeah, like he said the whole reason he allowed himself to be taped because it was like, Oh, she paid you money to kill me. I'll pay you more money to pay to kill her. And the videotape was evidence right. for Cooter, like just in case he went back exactly. on his word. Exactly. So he was framed for the whole thing. And if that's not the most ridiculous story you've ever heard, you should know that the jury fucking bought it immediately. Immediately. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The jury completely believed. This ridiculous, so, convoluted, sad spy novel of a story. And this asshole was acquitted again and escaped any form of punishment now, for his crimes. I wonder if that same female juror who said, Richmond don't kill their wives, they hire someone to do it, if she had been on this trial, if she would have been like, oh, well, <laughs> she was drinking that and said it, and Colin was in the corner and was like, that's a good <laughs> Oh my gosh, I saw, um, like, some meme on Twitter, and it was, like, a picture of Jim Carrey from The Mask, mm. and he had a bunch of money in his pocket, and it was, like, Colin Davis's pockets during trial where the jury, like, could see all the money. I mean, essentially, yes. He, there, he had Colin to Davis have paid a lot of people off. Like, oh, absolutely. He did. He had to. Yeah, well, that's absolutely. why he's bankrupt but, now. But hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, I did find out, though, that this uh, this trial was one of the first cases to use forensic discourse analysis on tape-recorded evidence that's right. in a legal setting in the United States. I agree that. That's really cool. Yep. Yep. He's broken his, down now. His, he's, life, his life went well, totally the opposite way of well, what it was. One of the reasons he became bankrupt is, like, a year or so after he got acquitted again, him and his now-wife, Karen Masters... Found Jesus. Oh, yeah, he was a born-again Christian. And, and he works with a televangelist now. He, a very controversial and, one. Um, one of the things they did is they basically had a huge sale on their front lawn and got rid of jade and ivory and gold and all of their, like, expensive shit because they said it worshipped false idols. Which, A.K.A. Sh- we're broke. 
Yeah, which I'm sure they probably regretted a few years later when basically your business collapsed because of the rising cost right. of oil and or the rising or plummeting cost of oil. Anyway, their business failed, and now he lives in a one bedroom apartment. Like when I read an interview that was recently done with him, um, he basically still will not admit to it, will not admit he had anything to do with it. And if you like flat out question him in regards to his Christian faith, where it's like. Don't, he's like, God forgives all sins. And they're like, well, don't you need to confess your sins for God to forgive them? And he's like, no, God knows a man's heart. You don't need to confess your sins. God already Ugh. knows when you're sorry. Well, you know what they say in Texas. Um, karma's a bitch. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for real. Other, but other than, like, Priscilla kind of got off very nice on this. Uh, after the divorce. Yes. You know, losing her daughter. Financially? Horrible. Yes. Financially. She's doing great. Horrible. Yeah, she, well, no, no. Because no. she, she was awarded three and a half million dollars after the divorce, mm-hmm. which she kind of just did what she, you know, coming from her background and living that lavish lifestyle, she kind of just willy-nilly kept spinning and spinning, 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 and she basically spent all of that money. Um, and she ended up suffering from alcoholism and uh, she unfortunately died of breast cancer in 2001 at the age of 59. Mm-hmm. And up to her death, she was very adamant about Davis's guilt. I mean, I'm sure um, a lot of that alcoholism has to do with the fact that she lost her daughter. Right. Oh, yeah. And the guy who the killed her daughter did it. never had to serve any sort of justice for it. Like, like I think I read somewhere that he, he spent, like, from the time if of his that, arrest until the court date, until, like, yeah. the trial, I think he spent, like, 612 days in jail. Which, I mean, yeah, that's a long time, but it's not, I mean, he got to walk away free twice. Yeah. Like, he, And I feel like that's probably total, like, between the first right. two. He, he got to basically get away with it. And, I mean, say what you want, like, just basically pointing it at he did it, but it's, and it's very similar to... Nicole Brown Simpson and the yes. Nicole Simpson thing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it is like you have a history of domestic eerily abuse. similar. And once again, there's a case of someone who, but it's funny how they both kind of have fallen off the wagon after their acquittals. Like you think I your mean, life is going to go in a perfectly, you know, great mm-hmm. direction of, I got away with it. And look at you now. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. at both of you now. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on, OJ and Colin. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, like, I guess the one positive thing that came out... Oh, well, and another similarity is both of them lost civil suits after. That's right. Um, because Colin... There was one civil suit for I think her, her second husband yes, um, filed a civil suit. Against his daughter's murder. Yeah, and won. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Ron Goldman's parents mm-hmm. filed a civil suit against O.J. Simpson, and they're still waiting to be paid to this day, as far as I know. Um... And, of course, like, O.J. Simpson was basically a pariah after yeah, this happened, true. which Colin Davis didn't experience. If anything, he was more famous after this until he decided to sell everything and become an evangelical Christian. Could we say that Colin Davis's slow Ford Bronco... Is that what a Bronco is? A Ford Bronco car chase was him trying to get into his... Uh, Little airplane to try and escape. Uh, to I mean, yes. yeah, OJ's Bronco is Colin's <laughs> private plane. Yes, exactly. I think I think that is very yeah. So what what did we? OJ just pulled up this article. One we day learned like, that. Um, Hell yeah! What did we learn in eighteen years between Colin Davis and OJ Simpson? Absolutely fucking nothing. And privilege will get you everything if you have the money for a good lawyer. 
It doesn't matter what the rule of law is. If her lawyer's name is Racehorse, you'll win. And, you know, there are consequences when the right person doesn't serve time for their crimes. We saw this with O.J. Simpson, and we saw it with Colin Davis. Also, we learned that Texas all love your nicknames. Yeah! I want to go we to Texas love you so I get a good nickname. Racehorse, Bubba, and We don't love Racehorse and we don't, love, we don't We love Cooter and Bubba, though. Cooter and Bubba. I'm into Cooter. And, uh, Cooter's we know Renee's in Cooter. Cooter's <laughs> unofficial official nickname. And, uh, what, uh, Stanley the Tower, far, RIP. I Ooh, hope you got the biggest set of angel wings God had. Oh, that was so touching. Wasn't it? Wow. <laughs> well, alright, y'all. I think it's time for us to sign off. Our tea is out. We've spilled it. So it's time for us to skedat, as they say in Texas. We got a mosey on, on to the next one. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of Conspiracy. Please don't forget to rate and review if you love this episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.